Welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Our mission is to emphasize the importance of preserving historic landmarks for future generations, mental health, physical well-being, and a safe family home environment. We value your monetary support. Here's your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. Dates have been a staple food in the Middle East for thousands of years, cultivated in Mesopotamia and Egypt as far back as 4000 BCE. Studies have shown that dates can be beneficial for brain functionality. It also comes with vitamin B that helps with mental clarity. And let's welcome Maureen Boren, trustee of archives of the Coachella Valley Historical Museum, to tell us more about this ancient fruit. And here she is. Thank you, Maureen, for coming on my show. I appreciate you taking time to visit and I think what you have to say is fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to my audience as well. However, before we get into our discussion, uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself, Maureen, and the organization that you represent, if you would. Oh, I'd be happy to. And thank you, Benjamin, for the opportunity to share. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a trustee at the uh, Coachella Valley History Museum, which is part of the um, Historical Society here in Indio, California. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been associated with the organization for about 20 years. Mm. And uh, being a former teacher, I'm a volunteer. We are an all-volunteer organization, which is pretty amazing Mm -hmm. because we have a very far-flung campus and we do a great deal to try and interpret the history of the Coachella Valley Um, We mainly uh, focus on the east part of the valley, Mm -hmm. which includes a great deal of agriculture and um, uh, historical references, because that's sort of where it all began, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. Our museum has been in place in uh, what we call Old Town Indio uh, on Miles Avenue since 1984. So we're very well established. And at our uh, museum, if you were to visit, you would come across multiple gardens surrounding a 1926 doctor's adobe home Mm. that was uh, both his home and his clinic, as was the practice in the day. Um, Inside that uh, adobe, we... uh, interpret the ancient Kawea culture, which is the local Native Americans in um, Coachella Valley. We also talk about how the water came to the valley, um, how the agriculture uh, flourished. um, And then we have a full uh, blacksmith shop brought in from a ranch so people can see the importance of... um, things of that nature. And in agriculture uh, community, we also interpret the railroad because mm. uh, Southern Pacific was integral in, in establishing the cities, both Palm Springs uh, and Indio in the Coachella Valley. Right. We have an, a 1909 fully restored schoolhouse oh, wow. and the only date museum in the United States, which mm. is what we're going to be talking about today 
Yes, indeed. And could you give us the website, uh, Maureen? Yes, it's real simple. It's just our initials, cbhm.org, which stands for Coachella Valley History Museum. Very good. So cbhm.org. And on our website, it will give you lots of information. Uh, we also have embedded some videos that are done by our various docents uh, talking about the different aspects of our exhibits. So if you really want to know more, that's a great place to start. Very good. Very, very good. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the history of the dates uh, that were introduced into the valley there, and uh, if you would. Well, in in the Middle East, which is where the date palm came from, uh, it is considered a revered uh, plant. And I'm I'm going to share with you that the date palm is not a tree, although a lot of people talk about date trees. Mm-hmm. It is a grass. Really? And it is of the grass family. It grows completely differently than a tree. If you were to slice it and look at the trunk, uh-huh. it doesn't look like a tree trunk. Mm-hmm. So it has many different aspects about it that is more like a, a plant. But the date palm in antiquity uh, has been found uh, to have been represented on the planet during Sumerian times. So it's probably the oldest cultivated plant that we have on the planet Mm. and basically grown in Algeria, Tunisia, Morocco, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and of course now in the United States. Um, It has been uh, used and recognized in all three of the major religions of the world, Mm. the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, all mention the sacred palm, the sacred plant, the palm, and it's used at various times in religious ceremonies. It is considered, uh, although they call it a tree, a blessed tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the palm uh, to the Hebrews was a symbol of immortality. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, wonderful stories uh, about it. But coming to the United States, basically to California, was more of an economic and political uh, uh, reason. Mm-hmm. And it was started by, um, well, the Spanish came through California and they had seeds from the date palms and they were attempting to start groves and they planted seeds. But when you plant a seed for a date palm, you never know what you're going to get. Mm. Um, and it doesn't always produce fruit. So that that was sort of uh, an attempt to see what would happen. Yes. But we found out that there are better ways of propagating the dates. So the United States uh, Department of Agriculture was very interested in populating this part of the Southwest, the desert, yes. which was mm-hmm. pretty formidable. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about the late 1800s, and the turn of the century, uh, very few roads. Um, it appeared to be a desolate area, mm-hmm. but it was a critical area to get a link between um, 
Yuma and Los Angeles, which was already established. Mm -hmm. So um, the Southern Pacific Railroad was very much involved in putting a link in. And of course, that brought people. But people needed to stay. And there had to be a reason for people to stay in this desert. So Department of Agriculture sent some of their botanists and scientists to the Middle East, to Morocco, Algeria, uh, places like that. And one of the key people who was uh, a wonderful botanist was a man named Swingle. Mm -hmm. And he is attributed with doing a great deal to make contact with the caliphs and the various dignitaries that were necessary to talk with uh, in the Middle East and to figure out how were they growing this uh, crop and surely we could grow that in this desert because what a date palm requires mm -hmm. is very low humidity, <coughs> water of course, mm -hmm. and heat and heat over an extended time. Well, we have the perfect climate for that. It is exactly the same as uh, in the Middle East. So they knew that it was possible. They just didn't know how to do it. Mm. So when they went to the Middle East, when Swingle went, uh, some of the stories, and we have uh, all the journals and uh, writings and information from these early forays uh, by people to the Middle East. We have them all archived, excuse me, <coughs> in our museum. Mm -hmm. We have uh, uh, an extensive date research area in our archives. Mm -hmm. And so we've learned about what they went through in order to get uh, to this crop. And what they found was that at the base of each date palm, there will be offshoots or babies, you might call them. Right. And those shoots are the things that need to be carefully taken off and can be transplanted. Mm -hmm. And when you transplant a shoot from a date palm, you're going to get exactly the same kind of date as is grown on the parent palm. Mm -hmm. And it will be... Um, it will be uh, a good, a good product. Yeah. Um, so then they had to figure out how to get those shoots across the sand dunes, over to the ocean, across the ocean, mm -hmm. and then quarantined in uh, the East Coast in Washington D.C. for up to a year, so that they didn't bring a disease in from the old world, as they called it. Right. And, uh, of course, their stories were interesting as they uh, loaded these chutes on the backs of camels. They had to have uh, guards that accompanied them all the mm. way to the coast because this was a highly valuable cargo. Mm. It was worth a lot of money. Interesting. And they would be waylaid along the way. Um, so it, it's very interesting to read their journals. Mm. But they made it and eventually got the shoots to the, uh, California, and they were originally planted um, near the Colorado River uh, in Nevada because the, um, they were not allowed to bring any uh, of the palms into a state that had palms, that had date palms. 
And so Nevada didn't have any, and um, they flourished there, and then they moved them into California. So basically, they were the first beginnings. Um, so it, it's interesting. There are many people, there are many intrepid men that made the trek back and forth. Some were commercial farmers, of course. Mm -hmm. And when they, when they brought these shoots and they started to flourish, there was a, uh, an experimental station that was set up in, uh, first in a little town near us called Mecca and then moved into Indio. Mm -hmm. And there the University of California uh, got involved as they have been involved with agriculture production uh, here in Southern California before. Their scientists and um, people were involved in learning more about how to increase production and how to uh, deal with the uh, diseases mm -hmm. that uh, could take out the crop. So we had an experimental station here that did a lot to help the farmers who eventually received free these uh, shoots so that they could start their own gardens. Mm -hmm. And we call, um, variously, we call uh, them groves, but Pretty much they're called date gardens, mm -hmm. which is the correct term used in the Middle East. One, uh, you have male and female uh, plants, and one male palm can develop enough pollen for 49 female palms. Mm -hmm. And so each garden has its male <laughs> yeah, and so. it's females, and that's we so often so. call them a harem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's cute. I, I understand they, they are hand-pollinated to, to this day. Yes, yes. And this is, this is an interesting, if you are any place where around uh, the date gardens, and at mm -hmm. our museum, we have a working date garden. So people can watch the different processes. But if you were to travel uh, down the byways here in um, the greater Indio uh, area, all the way out to the Salton Sea, mm -hmm. you would see uh, men working up and down uh, the palms. Uh, they get pollinated. First of all, of course, the pollen has to be gathered from the males and mm -hmm. it's very precious and they are very careful and it's a like a yellow powder mm -hmm. and they put it in puffers and then each one of the palms has to be um, uh, someone has to go up and down and that in the old days they use ladders but mm -hmm. now they're using cherry pickers and mm -hmm. things like that to bring mm -hmm. them up to the top yeah. Because the palms can grow 75 to 100 feet tall. Is that and right? And it is not a tree. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Fascinating. Uh, so they must go up and down because the branch uh, that has the fruit on it, yes. none of it uh, ripens all at the same time. Mm-hmm. All the, we call them berries, the, the little round dates yeah, hanging yeah, off of them. Yeah. And they have to be hand pollinated. So they puff that pollen on the various berries. And you can get, oh, you can get uh, 
Yeah, I have the amount here. 75 to 180 pounds of uh, dates from one palm tree. So there's quite a few branches yes. that uh, are just totally bending over with the weight of the fruit. Oh my. So yeah. They, yeah. they have to go up and down these palms again and again to make sure that the whole bunch is getting pollinated. Mm -hmm. um, then there's various things that have to happen to the palm throughout the whole year. So a worker is working on the garden 365 days a year, unlike most crops. Mm. Once you gather the crop, you know, it's over and then you right. just wait for more fruit. That's right. not the way this is. Wow. They have to be uh, uh, tended to uh, in various ways. And once they get pollinated, then they cover the branch with either a paper or a fibrous material, a mm -hmm. bag to keep mm. the birds, insects, and sure keep the wind from knocking out the pollen. So that's what makes the, the dates kind of an expensive fruit yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. of all the handwork yeah. uh, that has to go into uh, growing. Yeah, it is work uh, intense, as, uh, mm -hmm. obviously. My goodness. And uh, I understand that was the perfect climate for it. In fact, I think that your region, is, uh, I've heard it be called California, the California, California and Sahara. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I haven't heard that. Yeah, that's that's uh, what some have called your area because it does get warm. And it's, oh my! Uh, oh, it gets very very hot. Um, it's not warm, Benjamin. Well, no, hot. well, I, I'm being uh, I'm being nice about it <laughs> because I I have been uh, through there, and uh, it does. Uh, you say it does get hot. You are listening to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Please tell a friend and support the educational program by leaving us a rating or review. We thank you in advance. We are discussing the history and the health benefits of dates that originated from the Middle East and now also grown in the area of Palm Springs, California. In fact, the Coachella Valley in California produces more than 90% of the nation's dates, they can definitely be a healthy part of our diet today. And to learn more about this ancient fruit, you will find the link in the show notes. Let's get back with our guest. And here she is, Maureen Bourne. That's very similar. The climate is very similar to the Middle East, uh, where the, the offshoots came from, apparently. It so, is absolutely. We have yes. about uh, 6,500 acres oh, of date palms that oh, are yeah, grown that. Okay. in, in uh, the greater Indio area. Mm -hmm. And uh, we produce 90% of all the dates for, of course, the United States, Canada, Australia, and parts of Europe. Mm -hmm. Now, dates are grown. Uh, small date gardens uh, have cropped up uh, near Tempe, Arizona, okay. and in uh, some parts of Texas. Mm -hmm. They're very, very small operations, however. Yes. Yeah. Ours, uh, we have multiple growers, uh, very, and they ship all over the world uh -huh. uh, and the United States. Um, and we... Um, 
we are very proud of the fact that the quality of our dates is considered the highest because we've applied every bit of agriculture science there mm. is to yeah. making this a cash worthy uh, mm. crop and it it very much is yeah. um, and it's not only um, a tasty crop and, and we're talking about different types of date there's more than one type of date yes um, have yeah. you ever tasted them Benji? oh yes absolutely yeah. I have and uh, they're very sweet uh, they are, and I know they're very versatile in how you can use them. I believe the most popular variety is called. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the medjool. Yeah, that that is called the queen of the <laughs> of the dates, and that's uh -huh. probably the one that Americans or that locals uh, enjoy the most because you can stuff them with all kinds of oh, good yeah. stuff and. And roast them, and they're they're big and juicy. But the the four main ones that are grown here in the valley are the Deglitnor, the Barhi, mm -hmm. uh, and the Zahidi, uh, as well as the Medjul. And Swingle was responsible for uh, locating the Medjul. Uh, he had heard about it and bringing the first offshoots. Otherwise, the other the first dates were the, called the Daglet Noor, mm -hmm. and they're more of a dry date. Uh, they do plump up, uh, and um, actually, you can carry those around, you know, and just eat them. Um, mm -hmm. There were whole armies that were sustained on the Silk Road and visitors that for centuries that would last on dates and camel milk or water you can you can live on dates actually it, it, it has everything that your body needs it has protein it's high in antioxidants fiber iron potassium b vitamins magnesium calcium and it has a low glycemic index which means that uh, people who are diabetic mm -hmm. and eat them in moderation because it's not a refined sugar. It's yeah. a complex sugar. Yes. And yes. your your body is going to use it very differently than a, a sugar. Yes. Yes. And so it's extremely healthy. Uh, uh, I think so. My gosh. I, I know that uh, it is the ratio is a one to two. Uh, when you consider the, the the glucose or the sugar, so it's much healthier than the than your regular processed sugar. Um, oh, absolutely! And you can find a lot of recipes online now. We have several recipe books in our museum store, mm -hmm. and um, of course, you can order uh, dates online. But if you were to come and visit the valley, mm -hmm. uh, one of the places that's still right along our main highway is Shields. And you can go in and taste the dates. You can get a date shake, which was uh, first created here <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, long ago. And they're very rich and pretty yummy, especially when it's hot. I would think so. In fact, uh, Shields, that's been there for quite a while, hasn't it? It's been there since the 40s. It's not the oldest, but it's okay. the, it's, it is old. And Mr. Shield did do a great deal to commercially promote 
the dates by starting mm-hmm. a mail order business mm-hmm. um, and having a roadside stand. And, you know, after the war, when the um, roads started to be built throughout the United States and people were getting out and they could buy cars yes. and started to travel, that was a boon for for our area, oh, even imagine. though it was uh, very different than yes. it is today and very hot, we have beautiful climate uh, majority of the year. Mm-hmm. And people love to come out from L.A. and from the city areas. And it was an exotic thing mm-hmm. to come out and see these beautiful date gardens. They are quite beautiful when you travel through mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of mom and pop stores that would sell dates uh, all along our main highway which is highway 111 mm-hmm. so you could you could stop and get a date shake you could chase dates um, <laughs> and it was uh, people noticed that a lot of our streets are named after dates and after arabian na- names mm-hmm. uh, they could come in february we used to have a, a natural date festival uh, hopefully, it will come alive again uh, this next year. Okay. And it's an all-Arabian uh, theme. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, <clears throat> right downtown in India. And people in the day, I remember, people would dress in Arabian costumes and they could get <laughs> free entrance. Yeah. There was a, a pageant at night based on uh, one of the stories of the Arabian Nights. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a Queen Scheherazade in her court. Um, oh, a lot of things around the, the uh, Arabian theme. And, of course, two of our high schools, one, their mascots are the Rajas and the Arabs. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's an interesting moniker. Uh, well, that's good. That's great. And, uh, in fact, um, Hollywood got into the game, too, didn't they? Well, we're a perfect place for them to shoot film. <laughs> Is that right? Okay. Absolutely. And you know, there's someone shoot. There's someone shooting film all the time mm-hmm. around uh, the desert. But you know, the Ten Commandments was shot <clears throat> right here in the desert. Um, I didn't and, know that. And and um, in the 20s and 30s, a lot of those exotic films, like The Sheik, you mm-hmm. know, and and some of think about the. Uh, uh, other other things that um, you might have seen. Mm-hmm. It's um, they. This was the perfect place. I mean, it looked like the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, I, I can yeah. see that. In fact, uh, the Sheik. I think that was Rudolph Valentino that played. Rudolph that. Valentino. Yeah, it was a silent movie back in uh, right. early nineteen twenty somewhere in there. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and that was not the only movie either that came out. Silent movie. The Queen. Uh, uh, was it Bathsheba, Queen Bathsheba, and uh, uh, what was the other one? Cleopatra, I think, was another one. Uh, oh, so they yeah. were, and yeah. and of course, the um, we're not that far from Hollywood, so no, no. Um, uh, we of course people uh, equate uh, Palm Springs with the uh, uh, a lot of the the uh, Hollywood yes uh, greats, and mm-hmm. the reason that so many of them came to uh, have second homes and came out to visit in the desert. And I'm saying basically it would be Palm Springs and probably around La Quinta 
uh, because they were attached to uh, studios. Mm -hmm. And in their contracts, you may have heard this, in their contracts it said they could only go uh, so far from the studio, like 100 miles or something. They had to be called back at any time to shoot, and they wouldn't let them go any farther than that. So we're, we're about at that point. And that's why they came out this far. Plus, they it was considered a place to really get away, and it was. It is. Yeah, it's uh, Palm Springs is a nice place to visit. A lot of golfing. Right. Nice to nice to get away. And uh, in these, uh, you say, what month is that? That typically festival would would. so usually the festival is in February, and February. I'm assuming it will be in February again. Okay. Okay. We have so many things going on during our good uh, our good weather years. There's more things than you can possibly mm-hmm. do. And I'd say from like December now, you know, today it's it's in the high 50s, low 60s, but yes. the sun's out, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. It's clear. And we have um, we have golfing throughout the valley, of course, oh, yes. not oh, yes. just Palm Springs, but mm-hmm. uh, Palm Desert, Rancho mm-hmm. Mirage, La Quinta, uh, Indio. They all have uh, golf available. Um, we have the Living Desert, which is a wonderful place to come. It, it's a botanical garden and zoo, mm-hmm. uh, hiking. Um, Lots of hiking. Uh, Joshua Tree is close by. That's mm. that's a wonderful place. We have art festivals. Um, a lot of public art, especially in Palm Desert, um, mm-hmm. known for uh, being an art mecca. Mm. And um, the Patton Museum, because uh, uh, Patton had a big um, Camp Young out here where he was training troops to go to northern Africa. Mm. And so we have uh, a wonderful uh, museum, uh, all based on his experience, and he spent a couple of years here with his troops, mm-hmm. and that's at uh, Chiriaco Summit. So there's there's a lot to do. Um, as I say, there's more than than what you could ever. <laughs> yeah, well, it sure sounds like it. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that, that Patton uh, spent time. Oh, yeah. And, and again, it's because of the topography, I guess, right? Absolutely. And, it was yeah. just exactly like Northern Africa. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. My goodness, I didn't know that. Uh, I know back then, um, early 20s, 30s, even had uh, camel uh, races and so forth. Any of that go on today? Well, that happens at the date festival. Ah, okay. And uh, there ca- there would be camel races. Now, I don't know what they're going to do this next year. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, you could have ostrich races and camel races. <laughs> if you go to the living desert, yeah, yeah. they represent different parts of deserts around the world in this mm-hmm. uh, botanical garden area. And you can see camels there. Yeah. You can also see um, uh, all sorts of of desert animals, but now they're bringing in the black rhino. They will have lions, mm-hmm. um, and they're in. Um, they're not in your typical zoo cage. They're in a natural environment, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, it, it's it's a beautiful place to visit um, when it's cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, tell us, how hot does it get there? Marie? Well, this last summer, it, we didn't have the spikes that mm-hmm. we had last year. Last year, we had some terrible spikes that actually, for a couple of days, it went up to 120. Is that right? And, but it didn't last. You know, it was just mm-hmm. 118, 120. Yeah. This year, it started getting hot earlier in the spring. Mm-hmm. I'd say May, it started getting warm. And by June, we were getting 112. 115 in July and August, those are our very hottest month. It's not uncommon to have 115, and we had it for uh, weeks on end, and that was what really was different. We're not used to having those temperatures last so long, but they did. It was a really kind of a tough summer, but you know, everything here is air conditioned. Yeah, well, I, I would say so. so yeah, you <laughs> can tell. We just learned how to negotiate it. We go out early in the morning or in the evening. Yeah. People don't roam around in the middle of the day unless you have to. Right. And uh, it's just like cold weather areas. You adapt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's interesting. Sounds like there's plenty to do in Coachella Valley. And, there uh, is. There my is. My goodness. I uh, Appreciate that. Uh, how can my uh, my audience uh, reach out to your organization and support your efforts there? Well, we appreciate uh, support because, as I say, we are an all-volunteer organization. Yes. And uh, we depend on grants and admissions and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, you can reach us through our website, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, cvhm.org and there's a contact button you can also call if you have questions and I have the phone number for our museum it's 760-342-6651 and uh, you will find a lot of information on our website and we invite people to come and visit we're at 82616 Miles Avenue in downtown Indio. There you go. Very good. Well, I want you to know it was delightful visiting with you, Maureen. Oh, thank you, Benjamin. It really was. And I, 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 I can hear that uh, your heart is in what you are doing. <laughs> uh, I want you to know. I can hear it. So, listen, I, I, I thank you again for coming on my show. You're a lot in parcel. And I wish you continued success, Maureen. Thank you, Benjamin. And thank you so much for um, deciding to touch on our area and our topic. We love to see people. We have people from all over the world, and we'd love to see you. listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. We hope you will join us in supporting home and family through your monetary funding. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.